0: Yeah.
1: this kind of feeds into those, like, of, of perspective, right? Yeah. And the reason why, I guess, Travelling Tradies came about was that shift in perspective. I was one of those people we're talking about. When it all happened for me, I went inside. I just went, I'm out, right? And people are like, oh, you're going on a holiday. It's all great. In my head, I'm like, just get me the fuck out of here. You're escaping. Just get me the fuck out of here yeah. ASAP.
2: You're listening to Trademut's 120 Grit podcast, the podcast for the working class, hosted by Dan Allen and Ed Ross, the co founders of
0: Trademut. If you're a fan of Trademut's 120 Grit, we'd love to hear what you think. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, or shoot us an email at admin at trademut.com. Adam Velastro is a qualified plumber, global local, and founder of Travelling Tradies. After working in the construction industry for nearly a decade, Adam found himself working 70 plus hours a week and on the edge of burnout. After two fellow tradies that he knew both took their own lives within a week of each other, that was the straw that broke the camel's back.
2: Adam resigned from his job and booked a one-way ticket overseas. Having sustained himself for more than three and a half years using his skills as a tradie, Adam returned home with a newfound passion to help other tradies realise the potential that they could achieve with their trade whilst exploring the world and making lifelong memories. This is his story. But first, here's a message about our legendary sponsors who make this podcast for the working class possible. QuoteSpec is the newest building and construction quoting
0: app created and designed by a working builder. Produce job-winning professional quotes in minutes with QuoteSpec's cloud-based quoting software. Get your free trial at www.quotespec.com and be prepared to get your life back. Get it back.
2: Welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of Trademutt's 120 Grit podcast, the podcast for the working class. Uh, got a good mate of ours in the studio today. He's flown all the way up from Melbourne. Uh, he is the founder of Travelling Tradies, plumber by trade, and he's an all-round global traveller. The legend himself, Mr. Adam Velastro. Ew.
0: Thank you, lads. Welcome. Me. <laughs> Can I just start by saying, mate, you're quite raspy today. <laughs> Yeah, I am
2: raspy. I'm sorry about this. <laughs>
0: How sexy, mate. <I> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
2: Hey, Enjoy it.
1: Hey, are you, lads? I'm good, lads. I'm really good. Sunshine and can't complain here in That's, the studio. Great. I, I've missed this
0: mustaki, mate. Thank um, you, mate. I just
1: got it back. I had a beard for eight months and no one recognised it. Now I've got it back and I'm like, I'm not getting nothing. <laughs>
0: I'm a big fan, I'm happy to see it and I'm very happy to see you mate. Thank you, Uh, me too lads. We're going to dive into a few topics today and Mm. uh, talk about a a couple of things in travelling trade and some stuff you've got on but uh, you're a plumber by trade. I am, worked in the industry for about 12 years,
1: Um, started my apprenticeship kind of not really how I wanted to get into an apprenticeship, it kind of just happened. Um, Actually grew up in Phillip Island, which is south of uh, Melbourne, about two hours uh finished high school, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, actually joined the Navy. Fun fact for you, did a gap year in the Navy, post in the Navy. There you go.
2: <laughs> a scoop on Trademarks 120-grip podcast. Why the first time we're finding out about that?
1: <laughs> because it kind of just goes. Like, nobody asks, and then I'm like, eh, you know Can You get what a I photo do?
2: in all your white kit. I white do, actually. Yeah. I find out, I'll oh, send it that through. through. I'll send it through. Send that
1: through. Um, So joined the Navy, did a gap year in the Navy, um, and I kind of, you know, at school, obviously, same with yourselves. I'm almost certain there's no real career advice or, or d- direction or guidance. Um, I love the ocean, so my kind of thought pattern behind the Navy was, I love the ocean, they're on the ocean, great, let's give it a crack. Um, Dad was in the military for quite some time as well, so it was that kind of guidance towards that. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love the Navy, I love everything about it. I just didn't or couldn't lose my willpower or, or free will, um, so to speak. I was quite an angry young man um, and that was kind of you know detrimental to what the military looks for as well um so basically left the navy um moved into the city uh, my cousin was a plumber he said come and live with me come and work with me because you got to pay rent and that's how i ended up a plumber
0: <laughs> yeah, um, right. mate, what's your um what's your background your uh, culture you're italian aren't you? yeah italian yeah so you have a cousin so. that does pretty much everything right? everything right <laughs> Bricklayers to chippies to whatever yeah, else, uh, not, pizza not. shops
1: the works you know
0: <laughs> awesome mate so you sort of fell into that?
1: Yeah, fell into that, but it wasn't something that um, I was totally lost. At that age of my life, I had no direction anyway. So it was something I felt good. I was getting the body moving. I was earning money as an 18-year-old. You're like, great, even as an apprentice. Start off as a labourer, actually, um, and then got to a point where they offered me an apprenticeship, took on the apprenticeship, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. Um, I didn't... <sighs> I wasn't really riveted in my trade. Like it was the physical side of stuff I really loved. And I loved, you know, seeing something visually that you've created at the end of a going Fuck yeah. I did, I did that. Right. Mm. Um, but my mind was never being pushed to, to where it could go. And I didn't really know what it was, but as you know, you're 18 years old, you start getting some cash, start drinking, you start going out, you know, you start having a bit of fun. That became the focus. Um, and so over the next four years, I, I, got heavily into to partying and heavy, heavily into, you know, that was my excitement of, of doing different shit and spending the money. And I had no guidance on you know, how to save or to invest or anything <laughs> like that. Um, and I also was felt I was on top of the world at 18 and could do anything I wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, got to a point towards, uh, I was about two years into my apprenticeship um, and the company I was working for actually went under. Um, so I had to, to, to move ship, so to speak. Um, I basically got offered a job interstate in Adelaide. So I worked in Adelaide. I also got offered post that in Brisbane and then Sydney. And I moved around a lot and it was almost because I didn't like to get complacent. Um, I had itchy feet. So every time I got somewhere and then got bored of it, I was like, okay, what next? Um, and that's kind of how it unfolded. And Ended up towards, um, you know, the end of the 10 years in the trade, I ended up in Perth um, and I was working on a couple of different sites there and doing shutdowns in the mines and that kind of stuff as well. Um, ended up in Perth, was living in a, in a place with four of my mates and my brother. So I was a big ass bachelor pad and we had a lot of fun. Um, we were all getting paid pretty good money, but there was, again, no direction for it. We were all totally burnt out. Drugs and alcohol were our vice. We partied a lot um, and myself and a couple of the others, we ended up in a pretty, pretty downward spiral. Um, I ended up on the bottom of my ass where I was just waking up every morning going, what's the fucking point? Um, And I I was never towards the suicidal side, but I was in a very heavy mental state. Um, I had everything kind of from the outside in, but nothing really from the inside out. Um, and it was only after a couple of lads I knew that w- we worked on a job site together in Perth. They took their own lives in the space of about a week and a half, and that was that was the end for me. I went fuck this, resigned from my job, and booked a ticket overseas. So that was the start of the next chapter. But it was it was a rough road
0: during that time. That's um, that moving around a lot when you were an apprentice. Mm. Do you think that was? Was it it because you felt unsettled generally or was it more because you're like an excitable kind of adventurous character or was it just maybe a bit of a feeling of being a bit lost or? I think it was all of the above. Yeah, right. Um, Most definitely. I didn't really
1: have an understanding of any direction that I wanted to do. I didn't have um, any kind of guidance or knowledge in other fields as well. And I was also quite... I would say naive in certain areas where it was I was stuck in the rhythm like a lot of tradies I feel, right? You started to earn good money, you're good at your trade, you've been in there for 5, 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is, and you get complacent, right? It becomes a rhythm and it's really hard to break that mould and break that barrier to start afresh or fuck off and do something different.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people probably get quite comfortable, you know, just in life in general. I mean, that's okay if that's like what, you know, if that's what, Tickle, That's your thing, tickles your fancy you for sure. You, yeah. But yeah, but I suppose what, you, what you're saying there is, yeah, getting settling in and getting complacent and then just kind of not really getting outside the box, thinking outside mm-hmm. the box too much and just becoming a bit of a monotonous existence, yeah. I suppose.
1: and this is the thing, though, is when these opportunities to travel or go into state or do something different with a new company, I'd always take them. And why? It's because I'm like, great, something new and exciting for X amount of time. And I knew, deep down in my bones, I knew that it wasn't going to last forever. But if it could lead me to the next thing to find the next thing, great.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's an interesting one. I mean, you're obviously uh, very outgoing Mm. because it's hard. Like, I know a lot of people that traveling or moving away into state where they don't know anyone and Mm. don't know who they're working with. It's just like their worst nightmare.
1: Yeah. A lot of people, and, and even like going to the mines and things like that, a lot of people still feel that isolation, right? I think um, something about my character, and I guess, I I don't know, it's kind of the way we grew up and my family as well, is we all, we love being social people. But if a push comes to shove and we have to be alone, then we can still be alone. Um, And being comfortable in that aloneness, learning that is the hardest part, but also um, feeling comfortable in that. It doesn't just happen overnight. And that was, you know, travelling a lot, And there wasn't at all roses and dandelions. Like it was, there was some shit times of being alone. Like I just don't want to fucking be here. Um, But it was that mental game of that acceptance of the choice of being like, well, I chose to be here. I've chose to come here. So
0: um, is that in the traveling stage or moving around working stage? Moving around working first. And I think
1: that's what gave me the, I guess the resilience. So when I did travel globally, it was already kind of a little bit prepared, I guess. Um, And it wasn't, as much as a cultural punch in the face as what it could have been. Um, So, yeah, traveling a lot for work, I really love that. But being comfortable in the aloneness was definitely Mm. a strength that I had. And it's not for a lot of people, like you were saying. like A lot of people shit their pants, and I get it.
0: Yeah. From a lot of the conversations that we have with people around this sort of stuff, is that search for identity Mm. as a young bloke, you know, early, late teens, early 20s, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Do you think there was probably, in hindsight, there was a bit of that for you, like trying to figure out who you were and what your yeah. role
1: in life was supposed to be? It was searching, but searching for what?
0: What? Not knowing. Yeah. No fucking idea. I think that, mate, yeah, that's that's common, eh?
1: Yeah, but yeah. it's one of those things, and I feel fortunate in the fact that eventually by keep opening different doors and taking different opportunities, that then the door that I really wanted to pursue presented itself, right? Um, and that doesn't happen unless you can push your boundaries of your own personality and step outside the comfort zone and try these different things. I strongly believe that's when those opportunities start to present themselves, right?
2: Well, a lot of people think that, you know, I was speaking to a mate recently who's, you know, sick of the trades, mm. doesn't, has had a gutful of it. Um, Common like, thread. Mate, just go, like just piss off overseas for 12 months, eight yeah. months. And, you know, he's sort of age now. Where, you know, he's like 27 and he's like, oh, well, if I go over there, then, you know, when I come back, I'm just going to be at square one again. And mm. it's sort of like, well, not really because you're going to be learning so much shit over there. Mm. And I mean, what's the difference between now and two years? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it, you're going to bring back more value from what you've learned overseas. Is that something that you realize when you went traveling? 100%. And there's this, this is
1: a common uh, thought pattern by a lot of people. And it's hard to explain To people, especially if you've never traveled before, especially if you've never gone outside the nest and been pushed to the absolute boundaries of what is in your control (laughs) and being able to realize and flow in the momentum of the moment of what's happening and go, you know what, I've got no control of the situation. And still coming out the other side bigger, better, stronger, more resilient. You can you can't explain that to someone unless they experience it experience, experience it themselves. themselves. Yeah, well, I but think you yeah. cannot like it's just but impossible. The to other know. thing too
2: is, you know, I heard an interesting thing um, from a mate the other day, mm. and he said, you know, people underestimate, uh, overestimate what they think they can do in a year,
1: and underestimate un- what they can do in ten, 10 years.
2: You know what I mean, and I'm just like, fuck, that is hundred percent true. It's so many people, bang on. yeah, you know. So, I mean people thinking that you've got to get in and smash yourself out and get all this shit done in, in you know, 12 months or two years. I mean, whereas you should be sort of looking at it from a bigger picture and say, you know what, if I just go and do this, come back, do a few more years from what I learn overseas, then I you know I can be further ahead from, from taking that time away because, you know, like you say, you burn out.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And a lot of people, because you're in that rhythm, you, it's hard to stop. Yeah. and go recharge for a bit and then come back and you're going to be 10 times more productive or you might come to a realisation where you're like, I want to try something different Yeah, or do something different but or get different ideas.
0: Do you reckon that there's, I mean, we talk about, you know, all that sort of stuff, what you can do in a year, all this sort of, you know, talking about your mate who feels like that he doesn't know what he's doing or, mm. you know, expectation to succeed. It's not like, so much what he's
2: doing. It's sort of he's thinking that if he goes and changes something now, he's going to waste time. Like, yeah. he thinks it's a time-wasting thing.
0: But do you think there's a there's a fundamental issue with the perception of, you know, success and where people should be at certain stages of their life? Because, I mean, I think I feel like a lot yes. of people fall into this trap of thinking, oh, they've got to do this, you know, follow this path that they that appears everyone else has taken before them because that's what the majority are doing. So, therefore, that must mm. be kind of where I need to go. And so this kind of perception of success or where they should be at at a certain point in their life. Yeah, I mean... Social norms, social exactly.
1: expectations, 100%. I mean, There's I, many people I know that are stuck in
0: that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I just like, a, another reminder last week for me again, like with Brad Cox, a mate mm. of ours, one of his band members, they, they were playing a gig at Warwick, the Warwick Rodeo last weekend. His mm. guitarist had a heart attack Fuck. on stage. CPR mate, for... He's twen- only like 20-something. 20 20-something. 20 CPR for Fuck. 25 minutes from a nurse in the crowd until he became responsive again. <laughs> and he's now recovering in a hospital in Brisbane. Hunter, Hunter Beasley, he should, like, that doesn't happen. You don't hear those stories, right? And no. doesn't that just change your, like, absolutely everything in life? Mm. Suddenly, everything else doesn't become as, not nearly as important. Yeah,
2: as I know, but that happens, like... Um, how like, do you think
0: that occurs, though? Because I know how it happened for me, and it was yeah. a punch in the face
1: of life to go, hey, man, like... It, lucky it wasn't me of being in an accident or pure suffering, but it was my mindset being really tested and then mm. people that I really cared about being taken off the earth. And you're like, that was my punch in the face. And
0: this is the thing. Sometimes, we, you know, you can talk about this, that or the other, but sometimes it's not until someone just experiences their own rock bottom mm. that that's when they achieve perspective. Correct. Right? And so it's hard, I guess, to try to impart that idea onto anyone until you they not No,
2: you can't, but it's sort of being i know having conversations like this and people being like, oh, fuck, maybe that is – maybe I can go do that. Mm. You know what I mean?
1: Self-awareness, though, and I think in our reflection and retrospection of yourself, your life, what's important and stuff like that, we don't – not a lot of people do that often, right? And it's only when – life hands us a shit hand <laughs> that we go, fuck, maybe I'll step away from the game for a bit and, and, and recharge.
0: So that moment yeah. for you when you lost so you mentioned you lost a couple of mates. So mm. can you talk us through that moment before you before you decide to chuck it all in and go yeah. for a ride?
1: So it was really interesting though the way it unfolded for both of them. It was they were both real jovial lads. The whole job site knew them. Um, one was the the lift driver inside, which as you both know is a pretty was a relentless job uh, mentally, um, you know, eight to ten hours every day going up and down, the same thing, speaking to the same four or five blokes <laughs> every day. Um, but he had this bravado and he had this, you know, humour that was, in hindsight, was his Band-Aid, right? Um, but it was hard to see. And I think that the age, if I was there now, and in hindsight it's a wonderful thing, I would see through the, the, the shit. Um, but back then it was, I was... Deciphering my own demons in my mind, I guess, without even being able to realise that he was on the bare bones of his ass, um, and 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 Demo hit me real hard, like that. That punched me in the face really, really hard because it was just a total shock. Of he reminded me, like we had similar personalities, very jovial, very over the top, very you know, we like to you like humour. Um, so for me, that was a real big punch in the face. And you know, t- to be fair, the actual job site was really well equipped post that of being able to try and help but again it wasn't enough when you know the next fellow took his own life recently after and that was literally i went home that night and i just went fuck this like i am done i am actually done um i went to work the next day i spoke to my boss i was shitting my absolute pants um and basically said to him was like mate i am i'm tired i'm burnt out i feel like shit and i just want to get out of here um, and to my surprise, he was actually really, really supportive. Um, he traveled a lot when he was younger and he was like, mate, go, you're always welcome back. Um, and that just gave me a sense of kind of acceptance, which a lot of people are afraid of to even speak to their employers or that sense of job security or whatever is is what guides them, right? So having that relationship with people or just having the conversations, typically what you boys are trying to do as well. Is the hardest part But once you can get Those conversations out there And it starts to become A normality It's easier for people To do it right
2: Yeah for sure So I mean run us through that Was it just like You guys were all on site And found out Because you didn't rock up Or what was the They actually called
1: us in So when Damo The first day When Damo didn't roll in It was kind of like Oh well, the fuck and there was no one At the left, Like What's going on here? And then they called us into the site shed and then they basically hit the news and basically said, if you guys want to go home, it's all good in the hood. Um, our employer at the time actually took us all into the space and was like, "Look, well, guys, if you need anything, let us know. Take the rest of the day off, come back. But the next day it was dark. Like you could just feel the heaviness. Um, and it was a site with, you know, 200 blokes on there. Like it was It was felt across the board um and then again when it happened recently after it was kind of like what was that f- on the same site same site what the fuck is going on um and it
2: was just a big and so that guy up, was obviously you know? there when all this went through the yeah first guy.
1: and this is the thing is like there was no telltale signs so to speak again um and this is what we've spoken about previously is you know it's about the culture and it's about the image and it's about expectation and it's about All the things that we know we're doing wrong but we can't get out of the
0: rhythm, right? And this is one of the things that is kind of really kind of grinding with gears at the moment is it like all these, you know, there's lots of mental health talks and and all that sort of stuff going Mm. on and it's all about spotting the signs of depression and anxiety and looking out for these signs and those signs and whatever. That's great. Like Mm. that's all, you know, well and good but I'm sick of hearing the same old story of there were no signs, Yeah, you know, like maybe – Maybe, maybe there was this, but ultimately it was a happy go lucky person that, mm. you know, seemed on the outside really bubbly and happy. So it's like people who are taking their lives just aren't, seem, don't seem to be portraying these typical signs that we seem to think we need to look for. Or well, they're you know? really good at masking them. Really, right? but exactly right. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, really, people are really good at hiding. They just don't want anyone to know. Mm.
2: And that's fine. You know, that's fine if you don't want it, like, yeah, if you don't want anyone around you to know, but we need to be sort of encouraging people to seek out a professional or someone or just call, Mm. you know, it's an anonymous thing. Like, that's what, you know, it's the hard part. Yeah, the
1: resources are definitely out there. It's just sometimes, you know, pride and ego might stand in the way or it's um, not being introduced to it or it's a cultural acceptance or it's family or it's something.
2: But, I mean, I, like, how, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't know, like, how it's getting... Worse, mm. you know, because like like you're saying, like we everyone's talking about it, right? Like everyone's talking about it. It's, mm. it's it's where I'm just not sure why at the moment it's sort of like even last week, you know, mate called up. And he's like, mate, like a rep rep just called me up. He's you know talking about he's going to go hang himself. Mm. I'm just like, holy shit, mate! Like don't call me, call the cops. You know mm. what I mean? Like, and they got him, but mm. you know, I'm just there's all this stuff out there, and people do know, but why are they still choosing not to? I don't know.
0: I think it's honestly just that feeling of when you when you're at that lowest of low, when you're in the darkest tunnel, like it's really really hard to to see out of it. And that's the and scary part. You feel part. totally alone. It's yeah, one do. of those
1: things even if you know you're not alone, you feel totally alone. Yeah,
0: and you can be as educated as you, as, as you yeah. want mm. around it, but when you are actually experiencing that, all mm. the education goes out the window. Oh, it, it means seems, it means and nothing. And You, you can't can. and yeah, you just cannot see out of it. And so that's that's the scary part for me, mm. but that's yeah. where the that's where that cultural shift really needs to occur, you know, this mm. whole perception of success and happiness and masculinity yeah. and this, that and the other, like, it's all just, it's all just so wrong. Right. Yeah. But
1: this kind of feeds into those, like, of, of perspective, right?
0: Yeah. And the reason why,
1: I guess, Travelling Tradies came about was that shift in perspective. I was one of those people we're talking about. When it all happened for me, I went inside. I just went, I'm out. Right. And people are like, oh, you're going on a holiday, it's all great. In my head, I'm like, just get me the fuck out of here. You're escaping. Just get me the fuck out of here, yeah. ASAP. Yeah. Right. And it was I was very confident in myself as a person, which a lot of people may not feel that way, right? Especially going to a random country, random language, random people, and putting yourself out there when I wasn't in the best headspace, maybe for a lot of people isn't the best thing to do. Right? But for me, I needed to really put myself in a position. That pushed all of my boundaries of comfort to make me come out and go. Okay, great. Now I'm here on my own, and one or two things happen. I either go home or I persevere through and I figure out what the fuck is going on.
0: So, talk us through that traveling. Like, like, talk us through. Yeah, where did you go first? Where did you go? How long you were going for? So, I flew into how Santiago, many parties you went to. You
1: This is the thing, right? And I'll I'll, I'll touch on all these aspects because when I first went overseas, I had no plan, right? I only had a goal that I wanted to be overseas for a minimum of six months. That was it, right? I wanted to go to South America. I wanted to go for quite some time, but I could never take the plunge. And it only took something horrendous to happen in my life to go, just fucking go. So I did, right? Pissed off overseas, arrived in Chile, um, spent a little bit of time there, not too long, partied a lot, but then headed straight over to Brazil. Um, And that was because I met another Aussie dude there and you get, you know, become mates and then boom, straight over. Um, Actually went to the first Tomorrowland, which was in Brazil. Um, post out of the European one Um, and that was the start of the adventure which was partying right Um, and had an amazing time met some amazing people but the first month that I was overseas in Brazil it's been a third of what I'd saved right and that was because new country new people you're just splashing cash you're paying X amount of dollars for a beer that you would never do back home but you're overseas so why not Um, and I got to a point after the month where I was like fuck I'm gonna go home in like a month and a half like What am I doing, right? But I could have easily got swept away and just kept spending cash and doing all that thing. But where I was in Brazil, was on this beautiful beach town in a place called Ubatuba, which is beautiful surf. It's very tropical. It's beautiful. And it was surreal. And I loved being there. And it gave me – it was the first time in about five years that I was actually genuinely happy. And I was – and I had nothing on my mind. I was just absolutely – like a bliss, like state of bliss. Um, and I remember going for a surf, coming back in, heading towards the hostel and basically looked at the hostel and there was shit falling down everywhere. There was broken doors, a broken window, the garden looked like shit. And I walked up and I was like, fuck, I wonder if I could just fix that up and maybe stay for, for nothing, <laughs> right? So when I went and spoke to the owner, Vinnie, um, and basically offered my trade skills in exchange for food and accommodation. Um, And at the start, it was a little bit, not hesitant, but like they have other volunteers that do other different things, reception and cleaning and all the rest of it. But, you know, being a hostel or a hotel with there's people and foot traffic going in and out every day, they had no one there really to do it, right? Um, And, you know, handyman skills around the world aren't the best in a lot of countries. So it was something that I knew I could do. It wasn't hard for me to do. And I knew they would get, hopefully, get some benefit out of it. Um, And basically that's how it kind of snowballed. I started at the one hostel and basically progressed for the next three and a bit years all through South America, North America, a little bit of Europe and offered my skills the whole way along. And it was the money saved aside because I only spent about 12 grand in that three years, but that money saved apart from all that, it was the benefits of everything else that really molded me into who I am today. Um, and it was that sense of adventure, it was that affordable travel, but it was also the understanding and shift in perspective of people, places, culture, food, and problems would arise. And when you're three o'clock in the morning, get kicked off a bus in the middle of the desert somewhere, and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do here? <laughs> like, You can bitch, moan, you can scream all you want, but it's not going to help, right? <laughs> and it was that growth of like, okay, great, and really perspective of putting into my world of what is actually important. Um, And that was the biggest shift in my mind of coming back and realizing a cold coffee isn't a problem or, you know, great. I missed the bus. Who gives a shit? Like it's all good. (laughs) There's going to be another one and another coffee. Some people don't even have a bus or a coffee. Like, Um, And that was the biggest shift for me. So what I tried to do coming back um, to Australia was basically create the same opportunities for people in my industry, our industry that have been where we've been right on the bottom of the ass because I know. And the first kind of rebuttal against the idea was, well, I wouldn't do what you did go to a random country, speak to a random motherfucker and, and try and hook it up. And I went, great. What if I could do it for you? And that's how it unfolded. So, yeah, We'll get,
2: yeah, I mean we'll get into the travelling tradies thing and and what you're doing now. But suppose how long were you overseas for?
0: Uh three and a half years. Wow. It's so a spent, long it's a long time. You spent a third of your cash in the in first, first month, month and then you spent twelve grand over yep. the remaining twelve grand total. So eight in the next. Yeah, eight and a bit in the next. Yeah.
1: But this was the thing though, it was like, money, the way I did it, um, you know, people think, you know, because you, you, you can spend, if you want to be overseas and you want to spend, you can spend. Mm. I've had mates that have spent 40 grand in three months in Europe. Like, that's a lot of cash.
2: <laughs> right, that's, that's that's Europe. Right. That's doable. Yeah, oh,
1: it's easily doable. Right. But even in places like anywhere in the world, right, at the end of the day, it's human. humans are humans, right? You scratch my back, I scratch yours. You're a good person, I'm a good person, great, we get along.
2: you just point it um, Dan and say that? I was I was general. Yeah, it was a general <laughs> sense. You're a
1: good you're a good Thanks mentor. mate. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but it is and I've got a motto is just don't be a dick. Like don't be a
0: dick. Everyone's <laughs> great, right? It's pretty good. It's good. it's good, don't it's be a a dick. good philosophy. But so when you've gone travelling though, so you've yeah. got you, there's two to this. You're either going travelling yeah. or you're going to kind of live and immerse yourself in the culture, right? Yeah. And so for that amount of time, mm. you're not going to travel and spend as such. You're going there to live, right? But there's a
1: difference between being a traveller and being a tourist. Mm. So you've got to understand what you want to do and what you want to be. And if you actually want to travel, there's ways to travel, not being a tight-ass, by being resourceful with something that you've got that can benefit the place that you're going and they've got something that you need. The old bartering system.
2: Hello!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Been doing it for years.
1: (laughs) Thousands of years. And this is the thing. It's not a new concept. We've just got a new spin on an old fucking... Concept like mm. that's it, um, and for me it was just getting down to that raw human level of hey, let me help you and you help me. Great, the relationships that were born from that are everlasting. Like,
0: what are some of your most memorable? What are what are some of the best jobs you had to do? Right,
1: um, I've done a whole <sighs> bunch of different stuff. I've been in a lot of different uh, around the world. Their plumbing isn't that great, so I've been in a few pooey situations so to speak uh, big pits stuff like that that have overflowed or cleaning them out but i was happy to do that like a lot of people would be like no nah, fuck that and i get it but when i was over there and these guys had put me up in this beautiful place and i'm looking at waves and take me out to the local stuff i don't mind doing that right and that's not for everyone i get it um but i did a whole bunch of different stuff even just simple things like putting a tv up on the wall because they've had them on a pile of books on the floor for the last <laughs> eight months like
2: they love that shit, right? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so it's handyman jobs. You're not pulling, you know, putting up whole walls or new
2: Pitching buildings. A roof or something.
1: Right. It's just fixing maintenance, repairs, you know, patching roofs if they're leaking into the kitchen or whatever it is, right? So whole bunch of different How stuff. How do
0: you say TV bracket in Brazilian?
1: <laughs> TV bracket. <laughs> 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 that
0: is exactly what I and imagined. Yeah.
2: Every like, uh,
0: everyone's, everything's got an O at the end yeah, exactly. and an
2: upward inflection somewhere to it.
0: <laughs> and so talk us through some of your some of your other experiences. Like what, yeah. what were some of the memorable places that you went and saw yeah. you know, and visited while you were working and travelling?
1: Mate, so the world is a beautiful place and this is the thing. Every place has its has its own uniqueness and the biggest thing for me is a place doesn't make a place it's the people in the place that always make the place because i've been to places in the world where people like oh it's a shithole and i'm like i had the best time ever (laughs)
2: like i
1: had the greatest experience of my life there um and that's really back down to you know to humans right and if you they show you a good time look after each other Um, that's where the kind of experience is bred from. So, you know, Brazil holds a special place in my heart is because it's where it all started. Um, Southwest of France, just because it's super beautiful. Um, Morocco, I love. Where else? Mexico, I adore. Like there's a whole bunch of different places for different things though, right? Um, You know, I'm a big, big lover of the ocean and the beach. So that kind of guides my travels in a lot of places, Um, you know, but a lot of hiking and a lot of, different aspects nature blows my mind and it gave me a lot of clarity around it really puts into perspective of how little we are Um, going in the middle of the Amazon for a couple of weeks and hiking through that really makes you understand how insignificant we are as people and how we really need to take control of what we want to do and give it a red hot crack
0: I suppose you would have uh, you know met a a whole lot of people along the Mm. way made some made some you know good relationships and and some good friends yeah
1: and even though the meetings of people where Sometimes in situations, relationships are formed very deeply, very quickly uh, because of situation. If it's a sketchy situation or, you know, we had moments on a bus and people coming on with machine guns and you're like the next person next to you becomes your best mate real fucking quick.
2: Run us through that.
1: Just over the borders of different countries, Peru to Ecuador, that kind of stuff. Um, You know, testing papers, they would do a lot of, um, you know, drug checks and things like that. Um, I've had stuff stolen out of my bag, under my feet, with somebody sleeping there, and I apologised to him for kicking him. like (laughs) Just random shit. But, like, it's all part of the experience. And after that moment, when all my shit got stolen, it was... Well, either i bitch and moan and kick up a stink or i just laugh about it and uh, crack on and try and figure it out, right?
2: So when did all that happen? Where did you get all the shit stolen?
1: Uh, that was in Peru. That was still on the Peru side. That was driving to the border, yeah. And, and how that did it happen? Was, so the the buses are quite packed um, and I was sitting in a seat and I put my valuables at my feet um, and at night time, because it might be a 16-hour, 20-hour Bus ride, and they got the same movie playing seventy five thousand fucking times. You're joking, <laughs> and everybody loves playing music loud on their phone out oh. to seventy five songs. Playing <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know what's happening right now. Earplugs in, peace. Like I'm out. Um, so yeah, going towards the border, middle of the night. Um, I was sleeping. My friend was sleeping next to me. Somebody like tapped my feet, like I felt something tap my feet, and I got up, and I was like, "Oh, sorry," and I went to go to the toilet and kicked them. I was like, "Oh, sorry, mate, you know Lo siento Lo siento in the morning I wake up, and there's a fucking knife cut in the bottom of my bag, and all my shit's gone. And I was like, "You cheeky prick, you' <laughs> fucking are joking got, fucking got me <laughs> oh. But it happens.
0: Well, bro. he was quite resourceful, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. <laughs> Savvy business operator <laughs> yeah. yeah How good's that
1: um, But there's little things Like there was all um, You know Superficial stuff You could get back It's not ideal Having your passport nicked But you know you Had to wait around In a beautiful part of the world For a couple of days People looked after you They understand And this is the thing It's like when you get Raw and real with people They're like Hey look I've got no money I actually just got robbed last night But if I can stay here A couple of days Here's my phone Hold on to that You know That was the only thing In my pocket Hold on to that And fucking We'll work it out after And you, the grace of humans sometimes is really what keeps
0: you alive. That's awesome. I mean, and I don't know, like, I've had different situations overseas when I've been traveling. I've been, found myself in some sketchy situations. And at yeah. the time, it's like, God, yeah. God help me. But, like, looking back, it's just stories, mate, to tell. And same. Adds to a better book. Oh, mate. And so, you know, you never. You get over that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're lucky to get away with, you know, your life intact, well, then, you know, it's just an awesome story to add to that book, isn't it? I had a run-in in
1: Brazil that would have sent a lot of people home. And I don't share this often because it, it's what people perceive places like that to be.
2: Are we getting a scoop? This could you be know. our second scoop the other <laughs> side.
1: <laughs> Double scoop? Yeah. Who I doesn't like love it. A double like a good ice cream, <laughs> mate. Yeah, exactly, mate. I always double skate, never <laughs> single. Um, <laughs> so in Brazil, though, it's quite a São Paulo, which is one of the, the bigger concrete jungle cities. It's quite a sketchy place. Where so even the big Jesus is, right? Uh, no, that's Rio. God, close. <laughs> close. Never been. I'm going to become a travelling tradie. <laughs> Done. You are coming? Um, but yeah, in in São Paulo, it's quite. You know, the the poverty line's quite low. Um, And there's like the wealthy are wealthy and the poor are poor. Um, And there's a lot of abandoned buildings, there's a lot of crime. um, But this is a good show of. If you act like a dickhead, you'll get treated like a dickhead. And if you pull your head in and keep your wits about ya, you, then you'll be fine. So, um, you know, I was in São Paulo. I think it was the third or fourth night that I was there. We went out partying. I had, you know, money hanging out of my pockets. I was being loud and boisterous, um, making a little bit of a ruckus. Um, and next thing I knew, I was completely sober with a fucking gun in my mouth getting walked to an ATM.
2: <laughs> you are joking. And, uh,
1: no, and that was, I had a little bit of poo in my pants and it was a instantaneous sobering moment, um, brought to the ATM, literally had to take out what was in there. Lucky I had accounts split and things like that. Um, and these are some of the stuff now that we do to safeguard is like, hey, how have your money like this? Because if shit does hit the fan, mm-hmm um you know this is how you can save yourself from actually getting totally robbed um but yeah little, that was a really eye opening moment early on for me to just be like and i was at a pivotal moment to be like fuck it do i go home i didn't even tell my parents like i didn't tell my family because i knew they'd freak the fuck out mm. and i went do i go home or do i understand why i got into that situation realize what happened and do something different about it. Man, and that's Auss-
0: a hectic situation. <laughs> Aussie, Auss- Aussies have a reputation of you know being a bit boisterous, well, at home and abroad, but uh, yeah. yeah, certainly abroad. But and a lot of the times that can be a good thing, yeah. but a lot of the times it can also be a bad thing. Well, <laughs> you've just got to be smart. Correct. It, don- it doesn't matter what you're doing. You've always got to have your wits about you and travel smart, right? And realise that you're in a foreign place. Yeah, but mm.
2: people forget they're overseas. Yeah, no, we-
0: it's easy to get carried away. Right. It happens. It's all easy the to time. get carried away in the fun and you know and all that, and then mm. next minute, Mate, next minute you're eating a gun for. Breakfast, so like I
2: mean, yeah, I, I've <laughs> I've been I've been overseas with the yeah, groups of mates, and it's just like you look back, and it's like wow, yeah, I'm you know. surprised we yeah, su- ended yeah, up yeah. in jail. I'm surprised dead. we wouldn't even do that in like in Brisbane, yeah, you know. And we were doing that in a foreign country. But this is also the education
1: around it, though, and what your motive for travelling is. When I first went over, this was it. My motive was, um, you know, getting fucked up. You wanted an escape.
2: You were sort of probably looking for that. Fuck, how can I just be as free as possible, do whatever I want and enjoy myself?
0: Yeah, It's just about the good time, isn't it? Correct. Purely. Nothing else.
2: No, no, um, you know,
1: expectations, nothing on the line. It was all on my time. And that's what gave me a sense of freedom. But when it was... Quickly, in an instant, shown that it could be taken away, it was like, boom, okay, now I need to reassess. Right? And I'm, yeah. I'm not thankful that it happened, but I'm. Happy in a way that it gave me an understanding to pull my head in
0: Any situation like that where you get out by the skin of your teeth yeah. You're always going to be thankful for And it's always going to give you a little bit of uh, yeah, yeah, change a Change perspective it just It's going yeah. to give you a shift in your perspective but That's but that's just life in general isn't it right? It doesn't Correct. matter what you go through Everything you're always having different experiences That hopefully you're learning from Correct
2: So you were overseas three and a half years uh, So what was the what was the point that you decided to come home? I mean three and a half years is mm. almost like fuck, why, don't, why don't I just stay here?
1: Yeah. So when I was overseas and it got to that point, but it was, you know, being a Roman Catholic Italian family, families, very like a big component of our lives. Um, I love my family dearly. And it was also something that my mind shift started to shift towards the end of the trip where I was trying different things. I loved I, I decided at that point that I loved my trade and I loved doing it for others, but I couldn't see myself going back to what I was doing before I left. I couldn't go back to 80 hours a week, working like a fucking dog until I was 70 and then being regretful or miserable because I didn't do what I could have done.
2: So was this you setting that narrative up before you came back or was this? Yes. Yeah. So you're it sitting was, over there and you're like, I've got to go home for family, but I'm not going to go back and do what I was going to do.
1: Well, through the interesting kind of journey of the travel, you meet different people that are freelancers or have side businesses or do random cool shit that you're like, wait, you can sustain yourself by doing that? And it started to really give me different ideas, right? And it didn't um, it didn't manifest into something until I came home. But I started to look into like online selling and um, e-commerce and that kind of stuff. And that was the start of my business kind of understanding where I really started to read a lot of books and started to get my education in that while I was traveling right um when I was in the states I met a lot of people and there you know a few years a- ahead in certain things like podcasting and stuff like that so I started to listen to podcasts and get put on the right kind of avenue of educating my brain I hadn't picked up a book or a computer in fucking 10 years I had was totally uneducated just from the experience that I had but when I was younger I loved to read and I loved to do these things but I kind of got too cool for school um so when I was traveling I had Free time So I would read Or I would listen to a podcast Or I would watch some a documentary And it started to really get me Into a rhythm of, of A different shift here. Yeah um, Ended up in London That's when I um, Met my girlfriend at the time We She was at uni So I stayed in London And basically just went to A whole bunch of events Business events Had no fucking idea What I was doing But I just literally Just threw myself At all
0: this stuff You should have taken yourself To some of her lectures I know right <laughs> I would have fallen asleep mate <laughs> Got your shit (laughs) stolen again.
1: (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was like a big shift for me. So then I wanted to come back to Oz because I was kind of – I was just tired. I'd been overseas for a long time. I missed my family. I wanted to come back and just be in the nest for a little while. Um, So I came back to Oz and I didn't really have a – I didn't have a direction. I was doing the e-commerce stuff and I thought that was going to be something that I could um, expand um, and it wasn't, like, it was sustaining me just, but it was something, there was no no real kind of growth that I could have pushed towards it because it wasn't my
0: passion. It wasn't, it how, wasn't tickling. Yeah, how it was old, not tickling. How old
2: were you? Well, how uh, old were you come back? When
1: did I get back? So it was 2017, February 2017. So you were? What am I now, 30, 27,
2: 28? 27, yeah, okay. <laughs> so you, like, when you said you were leaving, mm. it was pretty quick, like, you were just like, I'm going. Yeah, right? it was literally... Was there a lot right. of people who just like, fuck, mate, you can't go, like you, like you shouldn't go? Was there people saying, you know, yes. what about your career?
1: Yes. Yeah, Everyone's right. freaking out.
2: Okay, so you've gone and done three years. You've loved it. Now you're coming home. Yeah. Are you sort of sitting there going... Like, was it all... Was it like a a feeling of, like, holy shit, now I've got to go back and, fuck, make three years up? Or mm. was it, I've learned so much shit, I'm going to go home and, you know, like, we, yeah. did you have expectations of going home and trying to tell people what you're up to now? Because, like, a lot of people in that age... Yeah. Uh, sort of like, oh, what are you up to now? And you're like, oh, well, I don't really know. I've been overseas three and a half years. And everyone's like, holy fuck, Adam is just out of control. Like, what's he doing with himself? You know what I mean? 100%. Is that how you were thinking?
1: Um, kind of. Because I was doing the e-commerce stuff, I was very, um, I was in a very set mindset of, like, I had a non-negotiable goal that I wasn't going to go back to work full time. And that wasn't because I wasn't too cool for school. It was because I don't want to get stuck in the rhythm and complacency of earning two grand a week again, and then coming, and then losing five years, and going, what the fuck just happened? Right. Um, along my travels as well, well, as I was saying earlier, I was a very angry person. Um, the travel really beat that out of me and made me understand what would actually can you know make me should get angry at or not, or would, how to understand would, different situations. What
2: do you mean by angry? Like.
1: I'd punch on every weekend going out from 18 to 22. You were that guy. I was that guy. I was definitely that guy. I was super angry. I'd flip off the handle. But that was an understanding of me because I didn't know how to decipher my emotions or have an outlet for what that was. And it would be through aggression or through anger, frustration. I would smash shit. Like, that was who I was. So coming back from travel, the first thing that – was the biggest noticeable difference was my temperament. And, and people noticed that straight away. I was like, fuck, like, you've changed a lot. Like, for good, you're a lot more calmer, you're a lot more, you know, collected, you're a lot more. And I'm like, yeah, great. Like, that's that's well, great that you notice that.
2: Well, that's when you take yourself off the hamster wheel, I suppose it's that uh, you've got to grow, don't you? Correct. You know what I mean? Like, you can't yeah. just... Like, if you were just in that self-destructive stage again, mm. like you would never have
0: made it out of there. Yeah, correct. When you came back, did mm. you notice after three and a half years that... Nothing had changed? Nothing had changed? Absolutely and fuck that, all. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: that was the first thing I noticed.
2: And I'm so oh, glad that you brought that up. Brian still pouring coffees down the local coffee shop.
1: Man, someone just got fatter. Someone had a baby. Someone got married. That was fucking it. And, like, don't get me wrong. That's all good and well. But I was just like... Fuck And this is where We were talking about before It's like That time seems like So long But it's not It's just a fucking Blink of an eye And you come back And you're like Nothing's different Like it's literally the same
2: Oh yep Sharon and Steve Are still fighting And yeah. fucking You know Yeah <laughs> Yeah man And it that was the biggest goes- thing for
1: me That actually was fuel for me That was fuel for me To be like Yes you made the right decision to Give something the crack Because who cares um, and, and try something different And if the thing I love about being a tradie, though, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't talk about, it's something we can always fall back on, man. Yeah. Look, I can literally just go, fuck this. I'm going to go back to work, get a job somewhere, and we're great.
2: Get a pair of Stilsons and a bloody uh, gumboots near a <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you good, sir? So does Stilsons, does Stilsons you, come in pairs? <laughs> well, you can get a big one or a small one. Actually, you can get um, them in threes. Threes, oh yeah. God, <laughs> this, this is awful. Now this do, guy. Do we, yeah, I completely agree that mm. this is the beauty of having a trade and, you know, you can always fall back on it. And yeah. it's just such a safety net that not not many people have that luxury yeah. of having. But in saying that, you know, people can be resourceful and there's plenty of work out there and Correct. plenty of things to do if you want it. Yeah. You know? I yeah, hear far too many people complaining about you know not being able to find the right job this that or the other mm-hmm. but you know i guess it depends how bad you want it yeah and what you're willing and to trying to get different there. things and yeah.
1: sometimes that
2: does mean yeah you feel like you're starting from zero but that the, the and the interesting thing about that is often like the people that were probably saying to you oh shit don't go overseas you know yeah. you need you got your career and stuff when you came back they're like fuck i'm so jealous what you went and did that's awesome you know what I mean? Like the what I people wish people, I could do that. The yeah. amount of people that <laughs> were like, man? when we told people what we were going to do, they're like, mate, you're fucking psycho. Like, you're going to go broke. You're, you're mad. Yeah. And then now everyone's like, man, you guys are having so much fun. It's just like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, like, it's just don't be so worried about having a go at something or changing something. And
0: don't let any of those outside factors, you know. Yeah.
2: Change your, you yes, like if this you. yeah like if it all fell over tomorrow Dan and I'd be like that was fun you know what I mean <laughs> that was, a, like, that this was is good what was talking
1: about the, the one year and the ten year thing yeah. before it's the same thing right people are like oh you know you're just doing all this cool stuff and you're so lucky and I'm like lucky. Come on, mate!
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've just been busting my ass for three years, well, but, but I love it. That's the other thing as well, you know, because like we this this journey for us started mm. a long time ago, right. and believe me, there were seven day weeks, three months at a Correct, time yeah. for a solid eighteen. Everyone months. going, mate,
2: you got to be like, you are coming out Friday night? I was like, no, nah, me and Dan are going to do a cash. Yeah, thing. we're going to cash. Oh, mate, can you just have a weekend off? And I'm like, well, no, we but we got this goal, you know, yeah. like we're trying to go and do this thing. And like, mate, you're wasting
0: your time.
1: Yeah, but, like, but people on. don't realise it until you got somewhere, and then they're all like, fucking yeah, awesome, like. Good on for
0: cracking on In saying that Luckily for us There's a, We had each other Right mm. And so when you are in it With someone else mm. who, who has that same goal Or is equally so Like if you're not
2: going to bitch it Well I'm, I'm yeah. definitely not going to bitch it well, if you're
0: doing it I'm doing it And then, <laughs> yeah, and then you push and yourself. And man. then for where we got to Was like you get to a stage Where you're on a roll And you've kind of done You know four or five weekends In a row And it's you're like, like yeah. Oh my god We're have doing a this how many, do, how many do you reckon we can do
2: <laughs> Yeah you know Should know go right? for 20 yeah, yeah But <laughs> I, I see so, uh, Like I think there's a massive misconception as well mm. of people getting the grind, getting the hamster wheel, aren't trying to learn new things, aren't trying to get better at business. And they think that, fuck's it's just going to happen one day. Like I'm just going to wake up yeah. and it's all going to be fucking rosy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I suppose for you now, like mm. you're with traveling tradies, like you're fucking putting it in, man. Like mm. you're smashing it. Like explain to us what you are doing now.
1: Yeah, cool. So – let me go back a little bit first when i got back to oz i had no concept that i was going to turn what i did overseas into a business it was through putting myself out there educating myself getting in that business mindset i had no fucking idea what i was doing like you boys i'm sure (laughs) kind of just walked in and went fucking how could it be next minute shit there's a lot of things happening right um and that was the natural progression but it was turning my, because everyone, like you were saying, Ed, everyone coming up, going, oh, you know, it's amazing you travel for so long. How'd you do it? Blah, blah 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 blah. And when I started to realize that people wanted to actually experience something like that, but had no idea how, and I had done it, it was like I had a blueprint. It was like, great, why don't I turn that into a business? What I didn't know was how elaborate and detailed and. <laughs> Crazy the idea was, um, but I guess that naivety is what got me to where I am now. Um, And you know, we've got over 500 tradies registered. We're trying to build out the technology to facilitate these larger numbers. We've done pilot trips to the original hostel I went to, to Brazil. Um, You know, solo tradies have gone overseas as well. And we found a lot of you know, the problems that arose from that and how we needed to fix them, right? And that for us is creating a, a marketplace and a, an online platform that tradies and, and venues around the world can connect, negotiate, solidify different opportunities. Um, and we as the administration keep that all clear, open board and direct it out of how it works. Yeah. So we take the kind of the, the, the problem and the, the trouble out for them. Um, and basically our criteria of exchange is if a tradie can do three days of three to four hours for a venue, they've sufficed for, you know, food and accommodation for the week. Um, and in that amount of time, that's, you know, work for a venue that they really, really need. Um so and that's waste of capacity for them. They've got empty beds that they're losing out anyway. They're happy to offer that. There's other volunteer platforms that like I said before, reception, cleaning, looking after chickens, whatever it is. But we've got a, a niche of, you know, things always need to be fixed
0: when you've got 150 people running in and out of your place all day. That's where we kind of come in. And the whole thing is that we're failing to even recognise here is the journey that you are personally <laughs> on through doing it all. yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is hilarious. Like mm. it's the travel is inspired wanting to create this for other people yeah. to be able to travel but you're also learning that much in just putting yourself out there and having a crack at this yeah. as well. Yeah. There's also that whole side of things which would not have happened Mm. if it weren't for the uh, for the adventure as well.
1: I think that the adventure gave me the resilience and the grit. And don't get me wrong, I think the trade, being in a trade and having those long days and being pushed and rolling up the sleeves and getting dirty has really contributed to me being able to get to where I am also. The travel gave me that perspective. Putting them both together has gotten me through the bullshit to get to the good shit of Travelling Tradies, but we're still a long way off of where we're going to go. And as you guys know, you're always evolving. You're always yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. You're always iterating. Um, but how to stay on top of that and at the same time keep yourself motivated, right? Um, yeah. and, and your mind fresh and aligned
0: with so you don't lose sight of the vision of the goal. I always said from when we met, I said, well, if this, you know, ever if whatever we were doing fell over tomorrow, mm. I would be love to become a Travelling trading in a heartbeat. Done. <laughs> so how does it how does it actually look? How, how yeah. would it look for someone like me who decides, you know, right? I'm a chippy. Yeah. Um, so I think about the tools and stuff mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that I've got. Yeah, um, don't
1: worry yeah, about the tools; yeah. we sorted out. So basically, uh, what the essence is of what we're trying to do is: you want to go to a destination. We've created a network of venues in that place. We connect you to that place, and you go offer and barter your skills for food and accommodation. We've got technology that facilitates that. So it also involves, you know, a new revenue model, which is like a tap-on, tap-out card. So all that currency i guess of time and exchange is being tracked and measured without it actually being a monetary exchange um and you know for us to build that out to come on we've got you know we created the need of what about tools so we created a travel toolkit right weigh seven kilos fits in your backpack away you go. Um, so just ticking off, we've got a line partners and insurance and flights and things like that. So we're creating a system where you can come. It's a one-stop shop if you're a tradie and eventually, hopefully not just tradies, but a one-stop shop for tradies to come, travel, use your skills to barter it and have all the things you need without it being a headache. You know, the biggest thing Um, You know, there's a lot of people go to travel and they're like, oh, what about this? And what about that? Great. We give you a little handbook. This is what you got to do. We don't incorporate all your flights and all that, but we have um, partners that do that, that give you special deals. Um, It can take
0: you there in an easy, seamless fashion. So looking at taking that step, Mm. I guess, what does that look like? So for someone like, like what you did? Yeah. Like actually taking that step and saying, yep, I'm done Yeah, and I want to go. Mm. Like how much stuff in your life have you got? Do, do you have to organize? Yeah. You know, but this, to this is a lot of
1: things. Like people go, oh, I've got this and I got car insurance and I got my postal legit. Adju- Who cares? It's all good. It takes three days to do it. I'll give you a list and you can sort of. Yeah, it but people out. like excuses. Correct. Complacency, right? People love
2: excuses. Yeah.
1: So how do we, and that was the biggest thing for Travelling traders is this, how do we break down all the barriers of resistance and make it as seamless and easy for you as possible? And that's
0: what we're trying to create, and that technology for us gives us that that ability to do that. I have said on a number of occasions, mm. different places that we've gone and spoken at. Mm. You know, we get the opportunity to talk to apprentices, this, that, and the other, and it's like, God, don't go out and buy the new sixty thousand dollar you Yeah, <laughs> don't you do not need every flash tool to get started. Yeah. You just get the bare essentials. You, you don't need mm. a new You just get a second hand You Do not get up to debt. You know, up to your eyeballs in debt. Mm. Because it's so important at that, you know, growth stage to be able to have the freedom to be able to get away and, you know, go and spend a few months overseas and, and, and join travelling tradies or, mm. or, or doing that. Because those are the experiences that really give you, you know, and really nourishing, right? yeah I just think that education a, around yeah. it.
1: But this is the thing going back to the education of no one, no one tells us that shit. And like hats off for trying to spread the message. But when you're 18 years old full of testosterone and you see a flashy new car that might get your skirt, that's their driver, right? <laughs> so it's being able to guide that somewhere and being like, hey, lads,
0: you know, or gals, travel. That's another thing that needs to be broken down because if <laughs> if it's the flashy youth that's getting you a bit of action mm. – you know, if someone else is attracted by material objects and that's what forms these relationships, well, then that's just another layer of bullshit that needs to be <laughs> cut through. Yeah. <laughs> right? Second that. But it's, I guess it's easy to see how, you know, people get caught up in, in that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Just proper guidance and education around it. And if we can, you know, if we can just show people that, you know, travel's still quite daunting for a lot of people. Um, and if we can actually show you that it's not that hard, have an awesome time at it, get culturally immersed and actually travel and not be a tourist.
0: Mate, I'm good. Like, we're real good. But figuring this stuff out along the way, you know, like yeah. you, you, when you're put in a situation where you're forced to figure it out yeah. and you, there's no one else to really rely on apart from yourself, mm. you learn a lot and you figure it out, you yeah. know? It's not that hard at the end of the day. Like, you're going you ne- to, if you've if got to figure it out, you're going to find a way yeah. to figure it out, yeah?
1: A lot of people are more, so what is it? There's the fear. The fear of something happening is usually greater than it actually happening, right? Mm. Think about how many times you've been like, fuck, I don't want to do that. And then you do it and you're like, eh, it
0: wasn't that bad. You know,
2: like waterproofing for a week.
0: That yep. sucked. <laughs> but once it's done, you're like, yeah, oh, like, I've done ew, that. Yeah, yeah. Check, done. Out, check out that lovely wall that I've waterproofed.
2: So what would you say, uh, sort of the closing stuff, um, yep. Adam, for people out there thinking about a change? What would you know? What would you say to them?
1: Yeah. Um, look, you don't know what you don't know, but if you can find people that are aligned with what you want and there's a lot of people out there that do think about it but don't take the plunge, you just got to find aligned – companies, people, organisations that you resonate with, follow with and and reach out, have a crack, suss it out. You know, it might not tickle your fancy. It might not go 100% according to how you plan, but if you don't ever, never go, you never, never know, right? So.
0: And then what else do you have to do? Start a, a travel Instagram page and... <laughs> <laughs> become a vlogger. Great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Get one of those photos that you see of, uh, of, old, of old love holding your hand, holding hand. And pulling you off into the distance, but you never see the never bloke. S- <laughs> You never see a bike no, what would first. be hilarious is
2: using um, like a handle of a hammer, like the hammer. That'd that's be hilarious. A good one. Oh, there's Should content we? for you. Well, now everyone knows. Yeah, now everyone knows. Yeah, that's a, now, that's, now, that's a good one.
0: Um, that is a great oddie. So how can, Adam, how can um, how can people get around Travelling Tradies and, Yeah, you know, what's the best way to sort of get involved or help support you?
1: Yeah, well, hit uh, com. check out the website there, sign up, register if you're a tradie or a venue. Um, we're in uh, an interesting stage at the moment trying to build out the tech, so we're just taking registrations of interest. We've got another pilot trip happening in a couple of months, um, but that's to test out this new revenue model and the new tech that we're building. So we're looking for, you know, like-minded peeps and tradies and travellers that want to give it a crack Um, one thing to say though is we have a pretty strict vetting process because you need to be aligned if you want to go smash it and do whatever go to Kentiki, and I'm happy to do an introduction we're just looking for people that actually just want you know a time out to experience the world and what it has to offer and kind of that's where we're at so uh, middle of a crowdfunding campaign as well finishing up shortly so if it is something you want to support go pledge some cash there we'll give you a cheeky reward of a trademark shirt possibly a couple other stuff Um, and yeah let's do this together because we can't do it alone But we're trying to Create something awesome And uh, that's about
0: it Where are you going On the next pilot trip Back to Brazil Oh man, Back to the OGs Jeez. Jeez it looks good It is It's beautiful You can come if you want that. Yeah a little bit busy with
2: content, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> We're busy doing podcasts, <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely, mate. One uh, one day down the track, we'll have to do something. Yeah, for sure. But, he, uh, but mate, thanks for your uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, thanks awesome. for having me. Good chat. Always a pleasure to reach out. You can find traveling Tradies
1: on
0: Instagram, Facebook, yeah, at
1: traveling Tradies official. Yep, There's our handles. Um, reach out. Also, if you know we've done a couple of events with different organisations, you know the mental health stuff, as you guys know, is is dear to my heart. Um, so it's something that we're we're trying to push out. And, and impact in the
0: industry as well.
1: So wherever I can help, you know where to find me too.
0: Mate, Imagine. I'm just going to ask you to do one thing for the sign-off. Can you just give us a big Get down, a little down the barrel over the camera? A little
1: cheeky mustaki. <laughs>
0: oh, Nailed you, it, man. Love Thanks, it. Mate. Thank you, lads. Good on you, brother. Peace. Cheers, mate.
2: Cheers. <laughs> if you're a fan of Trademut's 120-Grit podcast, we'd love to hear
0: from you. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at admin at Trademart.com.